With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 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 Tank wisely. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Are we going to tank? Meaning the Patriots. Yeah, it's happened. And I keep telling them, they are not. Because Belichick doesn't tank, man. Earlier on the show, Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase. Coming up, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Fox Sports College Football Insider Bruce Feldman. Writer, director, and comedian Robert Smigel. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Trevor Lawrence, in just a handful of minutes, will be hopping on a Zoom to chit-chat with us. Jamar Chase already chatted with us. That was an enjoyable conversation. I'm going against him in fantasy. He basically mm. told me tough. <laughs> um, so there's that. He um, was not sympathetic. Bruce Feldman is going to be joining us in studio um, in the middle of this hour. As soon as Trevor Lawrence, as soon as we, I guess, uh, end the Zoom with him, he'll be joining us here. Um, and the uh, college football playoff standings going into the final weekend of the season have been set. And uh, I will ask for clarification from... Bruce, how he views them, it sure looks to me as if Ohio State is set up to get in if Florida State loses, which to me is the most likely result of any of the teams um, in the Final Four losing this weekend. That's the most likely, with all due respect to Alabama and obviously Oregon fans that feel that they have a really good chance this weekend. But Oregon's favorite in the game. I get it. I get it. And I understand why. They've been playing, I think, consistently better yeah. since losing to Washington than Washington has since that win. Yeah, right? you could say offensively they're one of the hottest teams in college right. football. Right, so, yeah. you know, and Bo Nix along yes. with Daniels and LSUs, those are – Bo Nix is seemingly the is, favorite is right favorite? now. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, for see how Heisman? the weekend goes. That's in a couple of Saturdays from now. Yep. So, you know, and then – screw it, I'll, I'll go here too. I'll ask you, since you have no dog, if you will, in this hunt. I don't, although Syracuse just hired a new head coach. Very excited From about that. From Georgia. You definitely want to take the fruit of the vine, I'll tell you that. I definitely want a little Georgia leftovers. Guess what? Coming up north. The Philadelphia Eagles have taken that. Yeah. And they're they're about to go to potentially a second straight uh, Super Bowl, right? Exactly. Hey. I understand. Tranquilo, but I'll ask you this. I want to ask you this. You tell me. Straight up. You too, TJ. Even though you've got a little bit of a dog in the Penn State hunt here. Okay. In the Florida State. Okay. No, no. no, no. Oh, that you, well, I got you. Here we go. 
Had Ohio State beaten Michigan, do you think Ohio State would be two and Michigan would be six? Yes. I mean, you do? Okay. For real? For real. Yeah. Why wouldn't, okay. why wouldn't they? What, why do you think it wouldn't have been? Uh, I think Ohio State would be one and Michigan would be eight. Eight? Oh, yeah. Michigan would be behind Texas and Alabama. They would have fallen all the way off because they didn't play anybody. And oh. Ohio State had oh, beaten Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and there are 10 men. Mm-hmm. On defense. <laughs> Penn State um, would be the same. Okay. Michigan won there. Ohio State won in the shoe. Just pointing. I'm just wondering. I think my argument would be uh, the There's also the Connor Stallions because... thing. You know? Okay. Uh-huh. I, see, I see what you're saying. Uh, you know, hey, saying. you know, well, okay. there would have been no, no style points for the fact that Michigan didn't have their coach, which, by the way, they went into Penn State and beat Ohio State with without their head coach. Well, he coached all week except for Saturday. Oh, Saturday's oh, that was the penalty. One. Yeah, real slap on the pinky that penalty. Okay. I mean, so you don't. Okay, three. that's your that's your your opinion. I, I don't I don't think so. You don't think Ohio State would be one? I don't think they would be one. No. You don't. How are you going to penalize a team that's won twenty nine straight games and has beaten won the last two championships? They've been one all. I mean, all no, year. They, you know, they they, they didn't boat race Georgia Tech. They didn't What's play their best players. Okay, rivalry right. game too. Do you, do you do you are you as steadfast now, with him? After you are you gave as steadfast your, with him? After you gave your argument and I'm thinking about the Stallions thing, I'm like you. You're probably right. You're Everybody probably, is ready you, to stomp you, all you, over America's team. We'll stop it with you. That. Would at least you, you would at least appreciate that. that. But. <laughs> By the way, what are you laughing at, Chris? Stop with the Americans. It's Michigan versus everybody. <laughs> Isn't everybody you know versus everybody? Exactly. It's everybody's school against everybody yeah. else. Then it should be Dallas against. It's everybody. Tom Brady going Excuse up there me. and saying everyone exactly. thinks we suck, except we were the Super Bowl you favorite know what? that year. Here's what I need you to do. <laughs> I need this. All right, I'm asking. You got to stop your eye rolling at me. Michigan you, is the betting favorite me. to win the national you gotta championship. Stop your, Who are you going against? Chris, what is this? Everybody. You of everyone. It's the problem should, you created. No, you should stop the eye rolling. Oh, because we're on the same team I'm now. I'm trying. I know. To be the guy who relishes in the hate. I want you on the dark side. I've never been in this position. It's gonna take it's gonna take me some time to ramp up to it. And I'm trying to work my way into it instead I look over at you and I feel your scorn. I feel your eye rolls. And you gotta be with me here. I mean, he's not gonna be with you. He's got well uh, if it's a mission against Georgia, I understand that's where we gotta go our separate ways. But until then, Chris, I do want you gotta foster this aspect of me. He told me two years ago. Say it with my chest. And I said it, it with my chest, and then I said it with my chest so damn much. Last year, I was like the alien was popping out of my chest. Almost, you need to have a okay? vest over your chest and now, when you go back to And now Ohio. I'm turning to you, you and I'm saying side. it's time for you to foster this part of my Michigan sort of he doesn't want to see you happy. Though. A transformation, <laughs> and you're and you're not allowing true. this flower to bloom. Well, I think okay. I think you have stop a, your eye rolling at me. I think me. the eye rolling is respond is in response to the tone. It shouldn't be, but it shouldn't matter. You're the one who was there. Tom Brady's right as we went off to our umpteenth Super Bowl. Everybody is expecting us to lose. But everyone did brush them off oh, after God, the Bengals this game. Guy, you know what I mean? That guy. After the, the Chiefs Wait. game. Okay. After the day lost to the Chiefs 42 All to 14. All I'm saying is help me become you. No, you don't want that. You don't <laughs> want that. situation. <laughs> All right? And I never say that to you. You don't want that. Will you that. please? 
<laughs> okay. Come on. I'm looking to you for guidance, uh, you know, right? not scorn. You're right. I'll be better. Thank you. I'll be a better teammate. Is he the one you want to look to I'll for guidance better. in for this, this particular? It's now that Michigan's teammate. the team to hate. I'll be a better teammate. Okay. <laughs> Please. You might not be able to get out of that hole, though. All right. Uh, that's funny. Look who's joining us right now on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey. On Zoom, there he is, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's up, Trevor? Is that an actual Jaguar behind you? Is that what it, it is? Is that? Yeah. What is that? So, wow. My uh, my brother and sister-in-law did this. They're artists. They painted it for me. I'll pick it up so you guys can see it a little better. Look at that. So I got it hung up in the office. I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little intimidated now. That's dope. I'm a little intimidated. <laughs> you know, that Jaguar looks ready to pounce, man. You know? Yeah, it's supposed to be like Clemson. The tiger and the oh, jaguar. Like both. Oh, like, I see that. It's though. a cat theme. That is cool. I, I like it. I like cool. it. How are you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you guys doing? I have not seen you since London. And, um, you know, it, right. it feels to me, Trevor, last year, London was a turning point for you because you didn't have that great of a game and you learned from it. And, you know, Doug Peterson was talking about the lessons you learned from the adversity and it feels that london was kind of a turning point in another direction again for you guys this year back-to-back -back games first team to ever do that you won those and you've been crushing ever since trevor what do you think yeah i mean i totally agree i think especially in the nfl in your season you're gonna have some adversity you're gonna have some challenges usually it doesn't go super clean and perfect for a team you know at some point you're gonna hit a, a few bumps in the road. So, you know, I think for us, it was, it was probably good for us that it happened early. You know, it seemed like we couldn't, you know, find our groove offensively. Uh, just weren't playing, weren't playing great. We lost those two games back to back at home. And then we went away to London and kind of got back on track. And I think that that helped us and whatever you can do to find your rhythm, the sooner, the better, obviously, but there's going to be times where um, you might not have a great game as an offense or a couple games. And you just got to find a way to bounce, bounce back and get out of that funk. And I think that's something that, is going to happen to every team in the NFL at some point in the season. Uh, matter of whether the team can you know come out of it or not. What's the best piece of advice Doug Peterson has imparted to you, Trevor? What do you got for me? You know, that's a tough question. I, you know, I can't think of one specific thing. I think just his whole um, his whole mindset and really the way that me and him interact. You know, he's very uh, he really just lets me lets me play. I think that that's such a, a, a powerful thing as a quarterback to have a coach that has full confidence and trust in you, even when you, you make some mistakes and obviously you're not going to play perfect and all that, you know, his trust and confidence in me never wavers. And I think that's something he's proven by the way, you know, the decisions he makes in games, whether it's maybe going for on some fourth downs or d different things, you know, throughout last year and this year, I think him having that confidence in me, and he continues to tell me all the time, whether, whether the play was good, bad, Either way, you know, I think he has kept that confidence, and that's given me a lot of confidence. I can just go play. I don't have to worry about really anything. And, of, and of course, you're going to make some mistakes, and you're not going to make every play. But having the ability to go play with confidence, I know that Coach Peterson and the whole staff and all the players have that full confidence in me just to go, you know, let it loose. Yeah, I know, and I guess it's tough for me to ask you for one specific since it is a residual thing that you just described, right? Because, I mean, you know, trust is something that is earned, it is gained, it is something that you feel over time. 
but I, I'm just wondering, is it his demeanor that you, you vibe with? I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, get something to drill down here about this one. Yeah, it's 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 everything. You know, the way he carries himself, he's he's just always the same guy. You know, he's very consistent in the way he carries himself, whether we've, you know, we're on a winning streak or losing streak or, or, or whatever. Obviously, obviously, it's a lot more fun coming to work when you're winning. You know, just the whole vibe in the building is better. But I will say, you know, we've had some we've had some different, you know, I guess, time periods last year or even this year where we haven't been playing great. And he just does a good job of managing all the highs and the lows that a season can hold. And I think that's really important from a head coach is just to to balance that because there's going to be times where the team might not be playing great, and but the season's so long and you got to find a way to get the guys back on track, but also to lead the right way to where it's not like panic and throw everything out because you, you can't do that because it's such a long season. And like I said earlier, you're going to have some games where you might not play your best. So I think he handles that really well. And then I just think overall his – his demeanor, the environment that he's created, the culture here. Um, it's just a place that people want to be, you know, it's, it's fun going to work. You know, it's very sustainable, you know, it's not, um, it's not a dictatorship. It's not, you know, he lets guys have personalities and, and all these things. I think he does a great job of just, you know, allowing his players to lead as well. You know, it's not like it's, it's all just what he says goes. I think he does a great job of feeling out the players and we have a leadership committee that meets every week and, just really keeps us involved in, in everything that he does. And I think he's done an awesome job. Trevor Lawrence here on the Rich Eisen show. And, you know, I last year you win the division sort of coming out of the blue, right? You caught fire and you won it then. And in terms of, I guess, journeys and growing and things of that nature, the win you just had is a potential sort of a stamp. Like this is your division. The fact that Houston came in and did hand you a loss it was their first win of the season, and that's where C.J. Stroud, is, as you know, has started to really come on strong. But you went into their house and, and, and ended any thoughts of them taking things over, and I'm wondering if that has added to a different sense as you go into a home game on a Monday night against an opponent that um, you know has been at the top of the conference the last couple of years and that you're now beginning to have a stamp in your hand. Trevor, is that accurate? Yeah, I hundred percent. You know, you look at the games, including last week and, you know, before that game, all the games that we have left on our schedule. And I think we have an opportunity every week to prove something. And, that, and it's that week, it's that way every week anyways. But you mm-hmm. look at the teams that we're playing, you know, big win last week in Houston, a team, like you said, it's playing really well. CJ's obviously playing great. The team's playing well. And they, they were getting hot, you know, and I think that was a big win for us because if we, you know, we lose that game we're tied for the lead. And I, I guess they get the tiebreaker because they, they beat us twice. So, I mean, that game was huge. And then we don't really control our own destiny for the rest of the season. You know, you can, you can kind of hope you get a wild card spot or, or anything like that, or, you know, hope that Houston loses some games, but you don't want to be in that spot. You want to control your own destiny. So that was the f- first step. And then this week, obviously a big AFC opponent. Um, and just looking where we're at, we just got to take it one week at a time. You know, we got a chance to do something special, put ourselves in a great position entering the postseason. Um, you know, but we got to take it one week at a time and this will be a great opportunity. Hasn't been a Monday night football in Jacksonville in a long time. So I know everybody's excited for that and uh, we just got to make the most of it. Yeah. You got a Sunday nighter home against Baltimore coming up down the road as well. And in terms of your development, how are you better now than, than when you were even at the beginning of this season? Do you think, what do you got for me there? Yeah, I think I'm just, 
continually becoming more consistent. You know, every week I think I'm, for the most part, making better decisions, um, taking care of the ball. That's something that since my rookie year, just been an emphasis, taking care of the ball, making good decisions. You still got to play with instincts. You got to go play. You can't uh, be scared to let it rip. So I think there's a balance in all that. But um, yeah, I think those are the biggest things. Accuracy. I think that's something that has probably been my biggest improvement since my rookie year. Um, I think about halfway during the season last year, I really took a jump in that area and just giving our guys chances, um, whether it's outside, you know, wherever, you know, I think just accuracy in general, I've, I've gotten a lot better. Um, and then just, like I said, decision-making all those things and just making the right play at the right time. You know, I think there's a time and a place uh, you got to have some judgment on when you want to take shots and take chances. And I think, you know, I'm getting better at all that still a lot of improvement to be done. You know, I think we need to get better at finishing games. You know, we had an opportunity to kind of put Houston away last week and weren't able to do it. So always stuff you can get better at, but I do, uh, I like the the strides that, you know, I've taken and that this offense has taken this season. And then how about playing with discomfort? You learning how to do that? Cause I'm assuming there's gotta be some there. You're not wearing a brace for style points. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what about that? Yeah. yeah you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Okay. Thankfully you know, it doesn't bother me as much to move around. It's more of just a kind of precautionary thing. You just don't want to get rolled up on and kind of re-injure the knee. So at this point, it's feeling good. Like the last couple of weeks, I think really the Tennessee game and uh, this this last week against Houston, I felt 100% comfortable moving around and just playing normal. So those are the first two weeks in a while that I felt that way. So that's exciting, you know, for the stretch that we got ahead of us that I, you know, I can feel that way because there's nothing worse than feeling like you can't necessarily do everything um, and react the way you want to in games. You know, that's that's not a good feeling, especially as a quarterback. Okay, so uh, let's have a little bit of fun before I let you on uh, your, your Wednesday, and I appreciate you spending – this is your off day, so I appreciate you doing this, Trevor. Um, more, what, what requires more maintenance, your actual hair or Shad Khan's facial hair, Trevor? <laughs> what do you got for me on oh, that front? Uh, what, you know, I don't know what goes into – I don't know what goes into his uh, keeping that mustache okay. perfect like he does all the time, but – so I don't know. That's a good question. I'd probably say, I probably, I feel like the mustache, you know, I feel like he's got to yeah. brush it. You know, I don't brush my hair every day. So I feel like he has to brush the mustache every day. Hold on a second. Are you just trying to show me up right now that you don't? <laughs> you, you, no, not every day. You don't, I'd say one, once or twice a week, maybe. What? That's, yeah. That's all. It, like, okay. All right. So there's no, <laughs> ma- there's no maintenance required. You know, just gotta wash, wash it like shampoo and conditioner a couple times a week. Like, in, in one, times. in one shampoo and conditioner in one. Again, no, it's been, it's been years for me. It's I been years do. for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> if this comes across as weird, but it's been, it's been, it's, it's, it's been too long separate. Time. Usually the, usually those aren't as, usually those aren't as good quality from my experience. If okay. it's, if it's a point. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then, how steep is that hill in Clemson, man? How, how steep is the Pretty hill? Pretty steep. I mean, I mean it's pretty steep but where it gets you is it halfway down it kind of levels off okay so you go down it kind of gets flat and then it drops off again so a bunch of guys will like run down and jump in the air and land and i don't know how to do that but a lot of guys i mean we've had a couple guys fall in the past I imagine so that's I mean, dabbo man i mean how so, is yeah, dabbo say, not eating it he doesn't somehow eat coach sweeney is like whatever you know a thousand for a thousand on that hill and he runs full speed i mean he's running like 20 miles an hour down that thing right so did you ever you, did you ever come close to eating it yourself or or what no, I, mean, I was i was calculated i was real slow just a little trot down it never jumped i'd have got like the dbs and some of the receivers and stuff beside me would like jump in the air but we, i mean we'd have guys that would that would fall and roll down the hill and then monday 
morning or Monday for our team meeting, they'd put it up on the on the screen in slow motion and zoom in on the guys that would fall down the hill. Right. So it's pretty good. Uh, okay. Very good. And um, so, do you have an? I don't know if you pay attention to the college football playoffs right now. Uh, do you got a any team that you're you think can win it all, Trevor? Uh, what do you got for me on that front? What do you think? You know, I don't. I think it'll be interesting just to see who gets in. You know, this is a okay. Looking at it this year, I, I mean, it's tough. You got four spots, and it seems like there's a lot of scenarios based on what happens in the conference championships. There's a lot of scenarios that could make it a tough decision. So I'll be interested just to see who gets in. Obviously, Georgia last couple of years has been dominant. You know, so they take care of business in the conference championship they're in, uh, and then they might be in anyways. I don't know. So that, that's an example. Like I don't know what happens there. Yeah, I got Alabama you. Be- yeah, you, you know. one day you'll tell your kids you used to play when, you know, uh, when it was just four teams, man, you know, and now, I mean, th- we're going to get 12. And 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 remember, remember everybody said, hey, cut these college kids, we can't have them play 15, 16 games. Like, that's coming. That's right around the corner, man. Is it 12? Is it eight? What is well, the well, next year? It's going to be 12 next year. Going to be 12. Oh, my God. With a conference wow. championship game and 12 regular season games. They're going to be playing an NFL schedule soon. <laughs> There'll That's be no, a, there'll be no rookie wall. That's for sure. No. <laughs> Trevor, thanks for the time. Uh, again, let's, let's give a shout out. Who are the artists? Where's that? What's that artwork behind you? Behind your left shoulder? Chase, you yeah, Chase and Brooke Lawrence. It's my brother and sister-in-law. Okay. So they, just a little shout out for them. There they there go. go. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. Trevor, thanks Appreciate for the time, you, man. Good to see you. You be well. Yeah. Enjoy the rest thanks of your off day. You got it. That's the great Trevor Lawrence right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Check out awesome. Monday Night Football. That was great. Dude, let's just quickly do this, and then we'll bring uh, Bruce Feldman out here. You, on Overreaction Monday, said the Jaguars are going to be the one seed. You're trying to speak this into existence. Well, before you the said, season. You said it yeah, before the season. I said there was a path to them being the one seed in the Well, AFC. there is now. Yeah. Problem for them is they got to have a better record than Kansas City. Right. If they're straight up with them. Right. Or in any tiebreak, they'll, they'll, they'll be bounced out due to that tiebreak. Right. But let's just say they take care of business at home against Cincinnati since they should. Let's be straight up. They should. Okay. Quarterback-driven league. We'll go there. Yep. Uh, Then they go to Cleveland. Now, that one is just going to be huge. No idea what the Browns' offense looks like. and Or or defense. I mean, I guess it's a day-to-day for Miles Garrett. Correct. But, I mean, if the guy was in a sling last week and he might be, you know, who knows, putting it on the line against the Rams. I'll just put it this way. Let's let's say Cleveland is full complement defense, but you're going against Jake Browning and DTR or Joe Flacco or PJ Walker, and I know they have all won games. Should win the next okay. two. That game against Baltimore, they win that huge. At Tampa, home for Carolina, at Tennessee, should win out. That would make them thirteen and three, which is good enough for the one seed, but fourteen and three. Pardon me. My God, I'm so bad at this now. Yeah, but even if they, the even if they win five of the last six, that's 13 and four. 13 and four. That's and one so, seed territory. Certainly, if you've got a tiebreak against Baltimore and you're hoping that Kansas City doesn't have the same record as yeah. you and that Miami doesn't catch fire either, but they're in this mix. They're yeah. absolutely in the mix. And that's why I wanted to just point out that, okay, Houston, you came in to our house and now you're feeling good about yourselves. Guess what? We're winning this, and yeah. we're now going to be two games better than you. You're not going to be in first place. We are, and you're going to be looking. We're, you're going to be far back in our rearview mirror. And keep putting stamps on it. This is our home on Monday Night Football. We're winning. This is our home on Sunday Night Football, Baltimore. We're winning. Keep putting stamps down. They can be the one seed. 
Let's take a break. Bruce Feldman next on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. This will be fun. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, radio audience coming back in a moment. Uh, so first of two times I say hello to you, Bruce Feldman. Good to see you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you know, and I'm glad you are here because your information is unbesmirchable. You are a guy who knows everything about everything, so I can ask you this, and I'll know I'm going to get a straight answer, and it's going to be absolutely true. What did it say on the scoreboard at the end of the Michigan-Ohio <laughs> State game? It's just in numbers. What did it say? What was that? Can I think you, can Michigan you had six more points than, than oh, the arch rival. Thank did. you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Bruce Feldman, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, can you at least... Could you imagine like if you that? really, like, sent him home after yes. that? Like, <laughs> did, but, <laughs> like, did we not talk about this, like, about what three we or four about? weeks ago? What did we talk about? We talked about a scenario. Well, what happens if they suspend Jim? And it's like, in retrospect now, it's like... It, it's curious to see how the NCAA is going to handle this going forward, yeah. whether Jim's there or not, because you basically suspended the head coach for the two biggest games yeah. of the season in the league. The biggest game, by the way, of the year in the entire sport that 19 million people saw on your network. That's true. You know, and obviously there are bigger games with bigger stakes to come, but. Biggest regular season game of the, by far. Period. Yes. Right. So, and he wasn't there. So I would say that that is, one would say, a punishment. However, you know, as Chris pointed out, he was he was around all week. Yeah, I'll be here all week. He literally, just wasn't there for, for game time. No, that's yeah. but that's the that's the crucial kind of moment right there. Is it? Yeah, I mean, because without your head coach, who's going to just hop up and down with a whistle in the middle of everybody dancing on the on the on the field? Who's going to do that? Ryan Day needs Who a guy. Ryan Day needs a guy to cry for him. Who's crying for Ryan Day? <laughs> Sorry, know. we're on the same team. Is that right now, yeah. see? Sorry. Aren't you glad? But it's, it, uh, yeah. You're terrible. <laughs> All right, so we're here on the Rich Eisen Show. Bruce Feldman is here to 
go through what we saw last night, so we will do that in a second. The Rich Eisen Show radio network is back on the air with my Roku channel live stream. I'm at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Bruce Feldman is back here. What was it like in Ann Arbor? Paint the word picture for me. Uh, Pre-game, during was, game, after game, what do you got for me? What do you got? Intense. It was at times when Zach Sinner goes down yeah. and it gets silent. And then there's a cheer starts to build up and he responds to the crowd. Um, I thought there was so, like, if there couldn't have been more drama ratcheted into that, yeah. into that moment. And then look, you know, as nasty as rivalry is, credit to Ryan Day, he did run up the tunnel to go... Um, pay his respect to him, mm-hmm. you know, to Zenter. And then the very next play, Blake Quorum breaks like a 20-yard touchdown run. And, and flashes 6-5, his number at the uh, Fox camera. And one, and this is Zach Zenter and Blake Quorum, both guys who decided, hey, we're coming back for one more. I right. mean, he's a running back, and he's, and he's coming off injury, and he decided, hey, I'm not done yet. Um, it was, and then the post game was kind of what you'd expect. As crazy as it's going to sound, it did not, as memorable as it was, the year before in Columbus, to me, kind of blew my mind because I didn't see it coming and the mm-hmm. way it fell apart. And it was almost like, yeah, we're the only people in this building who think this is going to happen, and it did. In this case, it kind of went the way a lot of us thought it was going to go, right? Michigan had a, this year, had a big edge at quarterback, and that bared out. Michigan rode its run game and just kept on leaning on them. Eventually, it was good enough. Their defense played and made enough plays. Mm-hmm. And it kind of... It, I don't think there was anything shocking about it like this, you know. Um, the theater of it, no Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah, it was just a. It felt like big time college football all the way through. the The atmosphere was intense throughout. There was like never a lull in it. Even when the, even when it got quiet, like I said, in the Zach Zinter gruesome injury, mm-hmm. um, it it ratcheted the it ratcheted the intensity even more into the building. And it was great that you mentioned how Ryan Day does go and comforts Zinter and then Sharon Moore and the Michigan staff went out to, I believe it was Tui Molowal, who was, Molowal, was, yeah. was involved in the the um, the sequence where Zinter's tib-fib uh, occurred and they went and, and and consoled him or at least went up and, you know, and tapped him on the helmet and all that. And then, obviously, everybody goes back to their corners and comes out fighting again. Um <laughs> What what happens now? I feel like we're through the 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 Connor Stallions. What did it all mean during the games phase? At least I'd like to think that that that's now put to bed. Um, now we're in the are we in the penalty phase? Because For Jim already Harbaugh got stuff. Because Jim got three games, and it's not just any three games. Um, what is what is happening with this? As we're are we going to hear anything before the Big Ten or no, the, the I don't final? Think we're, no, okay. I don't. I, so we're still in the investigatory phase. Yeah, and now. I think that's a. I think at this point that's a postseason deal. Now. Okay, that is a. When I say postseason, I'm post. You know, that's a 2024 deal. Okay, to me because at this point, if anything comes to light, no matter what it is, at this point, you know, again, Ohio's Michigan served a significant punishment. Their head coach was away from them. He wasn't away from them for the whole week. Yes. But he was away from them on Saturdays. And that does that does matter. Now, is it as big a deal if he was away all, permanently? No. But I think at this point, the NCAA is going to go through its process. 
And we'll circle back on that when it happens. Well, the crucial part about that, just to jump in here, is that, you know, obviously it depends on how many more games Michigan wins this year, how Harbaugh's standing might be with the, the Regents at Michigan or, or what happens. But, you know, the NFL coaching hiring season is going to start the first Sunday, Sunday before the national championship. Game. And he is the one guy in the college coaching space who has a big-time NFL coaching pedigree. Yes. You know, if, if Nick Saban at this stage of his career somehow desperately wanted to be a head NFL head coach, but, like, Jim Harbaugh took his team that wasn't very good before he got there to a Super Bowl. 44-19 mm-hmm. and 19 is a, as you know, is a really impressive resume. There will be jobs. My gut, and this is something that some people inside Michigan mm-hmm. kind of also buy, there's going to be a rebuild in Ann Arbor. Yeah, there's a transfer portal. Yeah, there's still some really good young players who can't leave early. But the bulk of those starters are going on to the NFL. The NCA is not going to be done with Michigan now. They are not. There will be more punishment. And if Jim Harbaugh is still there, it's not like, oh, yeah, he served three games for the Big Ten. But we're still not happy with how this, the sanctions have, are going to be laid out for the mm-hmm. COVID recruiting issues. So... I, I think I'd still be surprised if Jim Harbaugh is the head coach at Michigan a year from now. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. Interpret the college football playoff standings for me. How do you interpret what uh, the committee put out there on Tuesday night? I think the committee reinforced something that I think a lot of us thought might happen, which was they dropped Ohio State a little further down than maybe people thought it was really? going to be. I thought it's too high. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that for for rivalry purposes. I mean, Texas and Alabama's playing for their their but, titles. But, and, and if they win, they will leapfrog Ohio State. You do State. believe that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they'd be conference champs. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're leapfrogging a bunch of people, not just Ohio State. Um, okay. Because to me, this indicates, hey, all Florida State's got to do, all, all, all Ohio State needs is Florida State slips up and, and they're – no. They're moving forward. Otherwise, why not put Ohio State down below Alabama right now? I think what Ohio State needs to have happen mm-hmm. is they certainly need Florida State to lose. Um, I think they need Georgia. I think I, I think they need Georgia to win. You know, they need, obviously, Michigan to win. Ohio State, um, then maybe they could be into the number four slot. But they really need not, I think they not only need uh, Florida State to lose. I think they need Texas to get knocked off by Oklahoma State, too. I just, uh, I think it's going to be a harder sell. I mean, Oklahoma State's not a very good team, especially by conference championship game standards. Right. But if you're Ohio State, I think the thing that also hurts them a little bit, they have a, you know, Penn State's number 10, Notre Dame is a solid win on the road, but that's about it. And they had a close loss at Michigan. The, I think the thing that hurts them a little, uh, you know, significantly is when you look at that team, they are not as they do not look as dangerous as the team last year. The team last year had CJ Stroud, and that gave them a puncher's chance against anybody. They almost took down Georgia, and they came within the last second field goal of doing that. Kyle McCord, of what I think the committee will has looked and seen, mm-hmm. is a good young quarterback. There's a big difference now in that offense, and I think that would. I don't think they have as much of a fear factor as an opponent as the team last year did. I just don't think just from seeing them a lot last year and seeing this team now a lot in person, they're not as good. They may be a little better on defense, but offensively they're not 
they are not the same team. So let's uh, put it up one more time because I've got a, a few questions. Let's just go um, through one at a time. So what the conference playoff, uh, college football playoff rankings show, winner of Pac-12 in, loser out, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, Florida State wins, they're in. They need to be. They deserve 13-0 and and you whipped the third best team in the SEC by like three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I think yeah. they're just, they deserve. Okay, it. so we're we're not discounting because you you hear that they want the best teams, not the deserves. They want the best. So if how do you say that a team point. that's undefeated with their backup quarterback over you know a Texas team that's Quinn Ewers, you know, quarterbacked right? I mean, in all honesty, honestly, the, so those are the two worst Power Five conferences: the Big Twelve right now okay. and the ACC. But still, if the backup quarterback leads them to a win over right now, it's a two-loss Louisville team. Uh I mean, I still think you can't just diminish everything they've done because you just think the backup quarterback's not that good. Okay. Um, And so Texas wins. How does Texas get in um, if, if Alabama beats Georgia? How does that happen? They need a lot of help. I think they even I, though Texas has beaten Alabama. I mean, like, let's cape for the Longhorn fan right now because they're like, it shouldn't matter. Like, we beat. I get Alabama. it. I mean, they, they're not. They the finally un- friggin' beat Alabama, and Alabama's still going to go with the and same. The irony here is they would be really being snubbed by the aura of the league they're about to become. The idea that an SEC champ is going to get left out doesn't compute for anybody. It just doesn't, you know, and it's unfortunate. But I think that the rationale that they would talk themselves into is Alabama with a much improved Jalen Milrow, not the same guy that Texas played early in the year. Now, it's not to say Texas hasn't improved from that point either, but I think Alabama has improved as much as anybody from the beginning of the season to now, especially Jalen Milrow. If they beat Georgia, I think we're going to look at them way differently. It hasn't happened yet, so we don't you know, haven't digested it yet. Right. But what happens in college football, and I feel like it's way different than it is in other sports because there's just way less games. But when you see stuff happen, it's like we look at them differently. Like we looked at LSU differently when they went to Tuscaloosa with Joe Burrow and they beat Alabama. At that point, it was like, ooh, we just remember all the stuff that had happened before. And then you kind of look, oh, Clyde is actually really good. And this guy's really good. And it's like they're on a different level, and we look at them differently when it happens. If Jalen Milrow beats Georgia, we will look at Jalen Milrow and Alabama much differently. I almost promise you. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. Oh, but course. I think if it does, I think that'll be, you know, a collective narrative. Make, makes complete sense. And the, the, the um, flip side of that is true, too. Because speaking on behalf of – you know, a lot of Wolverine fans watching this season play out, feeling how um, our, our team, Team 144, as we refer to them, uh, uh, looks and how deep the team is and how, as you even pointed out, how many NFL players are on this roster right now. We're feeling really good about the long, you know, term hopes for this season because Georgia looks less than, right? They don't look like the Georgia the last two years. Georgia goes and beats Alabama, it'll be like, oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. They go for a three-peat right now. They'll look a hell of a lot more different in the eyes of a lot of people. if they. If, what if they pound Alabama and just yeah, win I, that I, game just in, going in style? It'll be like, that's well, 
There's your three-peat right there. Well, it'll erase you know? some of the skepticism that people who watched Auburn and a way less athletic quarterback than Jalen Milrow run all over them for a while. Yes. Um, now, if if they shut down Jalen Milrow, um, I think that would be a big statement for them. I think it's also a chance. Carson Beck has quietly, about as quiet as you can be on a number one team, been very, very impressive. But I think, you know, fair or unfair, the benchmark for him now at Georgia is going to be, well, Stetson Bennett really lit it up in the playoffs. That's when he was like, seemed like he was just a playmaker and did, you know, I get it. He's not six, four and mm-hmm. he doesn't do a lot of the same stuff that, you know, you want people evaluate and look for, but he was a really good playmaker in the playoffs. And he seemed like he was pretty unflappable and he rose to the moment. That's the challenge. I think now for, for Carson Beck, if he can show, he can do that because Right now, they, you know, Missouri's pretty good, but they haven't played anybody who'd say, okay, this is a legit playoff team. And they will play a legit playoff caliber team this weekend. So exciting. Uh, Let's take a break. Uh, When we come back, I'd love to talk about the future of the college football playoff and also a fascinating quote that Caleb Williams gave to the Los Angeles Times in today's edition. That's next. Bruce Feldman is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare move. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You want to talk about that right now? Yeah, let's get into it. What do you think is going to happen if Michigan wins the uh, Big Ten Championship as expected and Tony Petiti, the commissioner who suspended Jim, is up there handing a, with a trophy in his hand? What do you think? I think it will surpass in Jim Harbaugh awkward moments of engagement the what's your deal deal with Pete Carroll and whatever happened with Jim Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, we got like a power ranking. Yeah, nice, I like it. Okay. Those two were really weird. And whatever happened with Jim Schwartz? Remember that handshake? Yeah, that was strange. Okay, that's not bad. I don't know. I think he's going to go up and he'll just take. You suspend? Control. You suspended him when they were flying to um, Penn State. Penn State in the air. In the air. Day before. That is jacked up. Again, I, I understand that he accepted the punishment at the end, but to, but on. Um, Veterans Day. 
right? Yeah, that right. was. But, but this, the, 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 where there, where there, there were no courts were open for for any, right? For any judicial observe, relief. Yeah, yeah. Observe, yeah observation the, of Veterans Day. One of the Friday. biggest, right? Yeah. So it's a federal holiday. One of the biggest beefs. They know I think what they're doing. The Michigan people had on regard to that is like you are basically taking your direction all from the people who are the coaches. It's like, when yeah. does that ever happen in any form of justice in the NCAA? Well, at least so. I'm sure one of them wasn't the one that uh, Michigan beat on the weekend. Do you know who the coaches were? Were they all of them? Were they all of them? No, there was a all couple the guys who were not physically on there game. on that call. I don't know if Brett Bielema was on the call. I think there was somebody else. I had rem- Now it's feels like it's like six months ago because all this stuff is just piled on top of each other. Yeah. I think Jim will take the trophy. I mean, again, if they win this game. They win. He'll just take the trophy. And maybe point to his name in the ring of honor in there, too. His name's on the wall. I'd be curious if the conversations, if there are conversations with Jim Harbaugh, whoever talks to him about, hey, if and when you guys do win, what do you say to the commission? I don't think, back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio, Bruce Feldman, we're asking what happens at the podium if Harbaugh wins and Commissioner Tony Petiti's got a trophy to hand him. I think he just takes it and he turns around and he looks at his kids. I think that's the way it would go. But, of course, Iowa's got uh, other things to say. And they're a really good defensive team. They are that. So we just had a whole conversation about the college football playoff Final Four and what who is on the outside looking in and whether it's fair to Texas or Alabama or Ohio State or Florida State and all of that business. Uh, flash forward to next year, this ain't the conversation. Completely different conversation. So uh, I believe Ross Dellinger of Yahoo! put together what the college football playoff committee's current standings would look like in next year's format. Mm -hmm. And we have it on our our screen right now. There it is where Texas would host Penn state. The winner then plays Michigan. um, Like an sec quadrant. Correct. And then there's Ohio state hosts Ole Miss winner plays Washington, Alabama plays Missouri winner plays Georgia. In the Peach Bowl, my goodness gracious. Uh, Oregon hosts um, Tulane. And the winner goes and plays Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Fun. And my question is, is which one do you like better? The the one like this where we're having controversy and talking about who's in, who's out, who deserves or not? Or doesn't matter, let's just play it out. And, and the, the controversy is who's Tulane keeping out? At 12. What do you got for me on that? Um, what do you think? As a football fan, on the surface, I like what you just showed. Ross's breakdown of what it would be like for 12. The part that I don't love about this is, so we just had a super intense Saturday of Michigan and Ohio State. And by the way, the rest of the day, Apple Cup, Iron Bowl, uh, Farmageddon, which yeah. I know wasn't for a spot, but in the Snowmageddon wild, and Farmageddon. wild four minutes of that whatever happened at the end of that game with, you know, you intercepted. No, you intercepted. But I thought Michigan, Ohio State, if it's a rematch the next week. In the Big Ten Championship game. In the Big Ten game. Championship game, because now there are no divisions next year. Um, does that diffuse a lot of, does it make some of the other games less meaningful? Hell right? yeah, it does. And certainly, what if they face each other for a third time in the college football playoff? Yeah, then it feels like college basketball. Right. Or, you know, professional football where, you know, Titans Ravens used to play three times in a year. Right. But they played one time in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
I'm, you, like, I'm, I'm back and forth on. It. I look at that and I'm like, hell yeah! Do I want to see Ole Miss and the whole, like Lane Kiffin in the horseshoe? You know, I mean, Texas and Penn State is a fascinating. Yeah, one. I think it's. I, I think mean, the matchups are really compelling. I just think there's going to be the awkwardness of the double play, right? Because I I remember this coming up with with Bedlam at one point before Oklahoma, you know, this you know Oklahoma Texas were going to bail from the from the Big Twelve about what happens when the teams that are, that are normally at the end of the year, and now all of a sudden you strip away divisions so they can have a rematch. I think, you know, yeah, it's fine with Texas and OU in this case. You know, it would have been if they if OU was in the in the Big 12 title game mm-hmm. because that game happens early. Red River is like basically in the middle of the season. Yes. It's when it's like, hey, we're going to play, the, you know, we just got to beat these guys. Now you got to beat them again another week from now. Um, that's the part that I think is like, and it's not going to always happen in this setup, but there are a few, there are a few of these scenarios which I think are, are going to be are going to be a little tough to wrap your head around. How about this wild idea? How about we get rid of conference title games? It's a lot of money, people. Are I get it. I hear you. I understand it. I work for one of those companies. Uh, hey, I understand that. <laughs> I, and you know, Chris and I were were we were joking about it earlier with TJ. Also, like remember the time when uh, used to say, oh, "These college kids, we can't do this." They they. They're college kids. They can't play 16 games in the year. That's professional football. Well, 12 regular season games, one conference championship game. The loser then winds up not getting the bye, has to play three games to win it all. That's 16. Well, that's a lot of wear and tear on on college athletes, right? And there's no doubt it's about academically that. Academically, too, right? Because they're going to have to find time sure. to actually study, right, Although, like, A lot of classes are online or whatever. Yeah, there's that, too. But I think it's <laughs> right. just... Physically, the injury risk and everything else. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm sure at some point you'll see somebody who will be like, "All right, I'm good. You know, that's it, or whatever. I'm I'm not 100 percent right now. I'm not going to risk it, even if it's an especially if it's an team that's like a nine seed or whatever. I mean, I I think it, at some point somebody will say for that for professional football um, aspirations is what you're saying. Yeah, I think that will happen. I mean, I don't think it'll be across the board. I, I don't, wow! I, and if, if Christian McCaffrey got crap yeah, right. for sitting out a Sun Bowl in El Paso, can you imagine what red flags would be raised at the professional level of somebody that sits out as a nine seed in the really college good? football playoff? Is he game? really good? Because the red flags end up going away if you're really, really, really good. Exactly. I know. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, narratives, conversations. I think for me, I'm wondering how many years are we going to get where the best team doesn't win the national championship. Because with the BCS and even this Final Four, you get the sense that the mm. best team always won. Can I bring this up? By the way, that's, got, a, that's a Patriot fan that got beaten by yeah, Eli that's Manning I was right there. Go, though. Like, Who's right? the best team? The team that wins it all. It's a tournament, right, in the yeah. NFL, right? But nobody nobody thinks the Giants were the best team. There you go. So There you go. I don't know. Even look at college basketball. It's it's a random. It's a crapshoot. Connecticut was not the best team in the country last year. I'm sorry. They, they just the dominated everybody. But. Like, I have no dog in, in that fight at all. But, like, they just smashed everybody. I remember, like, Hurley afterwards was like, oh, it was, it seemed to be really matter of fact, like, oh, yeah, we knew we were going to kick the crap out of everybody kind of thing. Like, that's how it felt. Yeah. This feels a little more like, you know, sometimes in baseball, it's, it feels like it's the hottest team that goes through. Right. That's true. College football, I feel like, is the most tilted towards that not happening. I, I could see it where it's not the best team ends up winning it. I'd be really shocked, really shocked if a number 12 or 11 seed ends up winning it all. In the three minutes I have left with you here, 
Caleb Williams in an interview with the Los Angeles Times said it's quote unquote a game time decision whether he decides to go pro at the January 15th deadline. What's your reaction to that? I'll be shocked if he ends up staying at USC right now or staying in college football. Period. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, okay. So what does that mean? Game time decision? Like, he's just truly he's, on he's the got fence? The number one pick. Is that what it is? He'll stay in there if the team isn't to his satisfaction? He makes I mean, $8 million next year in NIL. Like, why wouldn't he just play college football? Yeah, Matt Rule, well, said, s- Matt Rule said today a um, – a quarterback in the transfer portal means one to one point five million in NIL. You have to basically a really good one. There's it's some what he said. Are, yeah. Did you basically have to promise that in the portal Oof. to get a good quarterback in the portal? So what's what's he worth? I, I don't think it's money. I, I I don't think right. I mean, again, you're you you're the inside man here. What do you think? I you know again, I don't know what, how he and his dad, his dad's you know helping manage him through this. Yes. I mean, USC's right now in a certainly a state of flux. Um, Losing five of six. How the hell did that happen to end? Yeah, I mean, I if I think if you're Caleb Williams, you saw him like how emotional he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago after one of the losses. I mean, at this point, like you start your clock in terms of as a draft pick. You know, if you delay it another year, I think ultimately is like, okay, are you that leery of who is going to take you? Because there's no guarantees next year. It's all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay another year. It's more viable, the franchise. The other other thing with Caleb, too, and I know he's a sturdy, you know, he's not like he's Bryce Young size, but you run around, you take a lot of hits. You know, you're going to have another year of of that risk where, Mm. you know, it's a career-altering injury. You're going to risk that to to stay in college another year. That would really surprise me because that's a position where – a lot of guys do not make it through a regular season that way. I mean, we just saw the way it ended, too. Uh, Bruce Feldman, thank you for coming here, brother. Awesome. Pleasure. We, we'll, we'll see you next week when things will be a little bit more crystallized. <laughs> we got Bruce Feldman here, the brilliant, hilarious Robert Smigel in Studio Hour 3. We still have about a minute and a half to go. I feel like I've, I, I had the heart out. I feel like I cut you off like You there. just threw me out. Now all of a sudden I'm still lingering like I'm the. I know. I've got many I to, audiences. I went to junior college, and that was what it felt like when I went to the high school parties, by the way. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> High school that. parties in junior uh, college. Yeah. We're learning. Well, Caleb can't transfer. Well, you in your eligibility? You still have one more year of eligibility in high school? Is that what you're saying? Man, I went to school for six years and didn't get any big degrees. So, anyway. <laughs> what JC did you go to? What junior college? I went to Ulster Junior College. Ulster? Where is that? That's in up halfway upstate New York. Okay. Do you know where that is, Chris? Ulster? No. SUNY, SUNY Ulster. SUNY? Yeah, you Google that state, that fast? This yeah, junior college is in the SUNY system? It's, it's I didn't know that. New York, yeah. Stone Ridge, New York. I, I, I know about the SUNY system. Oneonta. Oh, yeah. I, this was back in the day. Linda Cohn went to a SUNY. She went to a SUNY school. I, I played junior Steve college golf there. Least. We got $5 for uh, meal money for those trips. Is that Bus- for your name or your image or your likeness? Yeah, was my image was on the Burger King thing. That's what, we got to, <laughs> that's what all you could do with $5. Hold the pickles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So next week, we'll obviously be talking about the Final Four and then the Heisman, right? That's the that's yeah. I mean, look, the Heisman. Nobody talks about it much anymore, unless you're at LSU. Like Jaden Daniels has been phenomenal this year. Uh, you know, we think it's going to be the other. What happened in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game? Like if Michael Penix goes wild, 
and goes off and has a spectacular day, he may be able to snatch the Heisman away, but I feel like it's barring that. I feel like it's Bo Nix or else Jaden Daniels. Thank you very much, Bruce Feldman. You're the man. Thank you.